At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sitting in his doomsday chair, the big-brained villain Modok arrives at the cusp of victory. The doomsday device is nearing completion, and his sensors indicate that no living creatures are anywhere near his remote volcanic island base. Today the world shall learn the power of Modok, he shouts at nobody in particular. It is then with a burst of speed that an unknown adversary warps through the walls of the volcano and into the control room where Modok sits. Staring deeply into the eyes of his enemy, Martian Manhunter surveys the scene. Millions upon millions of different moves are considered as both try to discover an edge to put them on top. Finally, Modok just says, we fight now. And this battle has begun. It's AIM versus Justice League. It's George versus John. It's Modoc versus Martian Manhunter today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Race to Canis Ray. Today's matchup reminds me of an old school UFC style versus style matchup, kind of pay per view, you know, where one fighter was a master of Brazilian jiu jitsu and the other was like a, a plumber. You remember those old school, you know, old school matchups where it's just like one style versus one style? All kidding aside, today's matchup has two opponents who are typically involved in the big battles in their respective universes, of course, but they don't usually get the acclaim or notoriety of their peers. So on one side, you have Modoc, the floating criminal genius from Marvel, versus Martian Manhunter, one of DC Comics' most intriguing and powerful characters. So what did the patented Who Would Win Google search reveal when I typed in this battle? Well, Yet again, surprise, surprise, no one has discussed this battle at all. We are bringing you a world premiere geek culture matchup of epic proportions. Ray, you got to tell me, what are your thoughts on today's battle? 
I'm super excited about today's battle because I think on both cases of these two characters, Modoc and Martian Manhunter, I think both go underappreciated for how much they bring to the table as far as sheer power level goes. On one hand, you have Martian Manhunter, who is a very powerful physical specimen. They gave him every single power under the sun, it feels like, but he never has gone fully appreciated like some of the other Justice Leaguers have. And on the other side, we have Modoc, who is ostensibly a comedy villain from the 1960s, for gosh sakes, who only now in more recent animation, video games, and now his own show is starting to get the rep he deserves. You know, kind of better late than never, although it's really surprising that it took this long for that for that character to kind of get, you know, their day in the sun, so to speak. Now, Ray, we we had some a little bit of drama this past uh, week with the production team. Oh, did um, we? Yeah, we did. You know, uh, we we each had a little bit of a little secret something something going on. I found out you had a secret event. Do you feel like telling I, I, I had no idea about it. Do you want to tell the fans about this? Well, okay, look, during the course of this show, you're forced to do a lot of give and take behind the scenes in order to make the show happen, in order to make the show the best it can be. It is no secret that I've been wanting to use the Guardians, the Russian Avengers, on this show for a very long time. Now, I did throw a banquet-style potluck dinner for the entire Who Would Win production team except you, and I invited everybody to come to my potluck as a way to say, let's bring on the Guardians, let's make it happen. Look, Ninja Turtles are great. This is a perfect opportunity for V4. I want to see this happen. Let's do it. And Guardians were on the show. Awesome. So, yeah, I, did, I definitely did not get my invitation for this wonderful potluck uh, event you had. Who all went from the team? Well, it turns out that nobody could make it. So I ended <laughs> really? up, yeah, I ended up eating a lot of ambrosia salad by myself in a darkened room. But the Guardian still ended up on the show. So mission accomplished. Yeah, he, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Look, all, all kidding aside. I was not happy. I may have made that known on the episode itself. I'm not a fan of the Guardians movie. I felt like, you know, I'm never going to get that piece of my soul that got wrecked and then is now permanently gone after I watched the Guardians. Let me put this in perspective. Luckily, I I was, you know, I had my second shot of the uh, COVID vaccine. I'm very thankful that I had headaches and, you know, body aches and like, you know, flu-like symptoms to take my mind off of what I had just watched with the Guardians. That That's how bad that movie was. So James, I, also I think had the a- problem is you just need to watch it again. I really think a second viewing, maybe even a third, is what you need to really put it over the edge. That's a movie that needs to be enjoyed thoroughly and repeatedly. I, I do not want to, like, increase the uh, amount of times that movies... If I watch it another two to three times, that will increase the total views of that movie. I'm not going to give that a benefit. I'm not giving any boost to that movie. Look, here's the deal. I also had a secret meeting this week. Oh. And, yeah, I didn't invite you because uh, I just didn't want you there. So I went into a meeting with the production team, and I said, what happened? What made you say, hmm, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Love them. They're great. They got a great fan base. Let's put them up against someone uh, nowhere near as as good. Let's go with the Guardians. So I said, what happened? Why? What made you say Guardians? And uh, now that you explain to me what happened, this all makes sense. They said that they were invited to your potluck, and they said it was either go to your place for the potluck 
dinner or uh, give in and give them the Guardians and hope you don't they don't get invited again. So that's why we had the Guardians. So that was cool. I went in and I said, great, you gave something to Ray. My turn. So when the whole thing came up about Modoc, a great character, by the way, can't great wait to character. watch a series. It's going to be amazing. It's, I think it's from the same company that does Robot Chicken. It's going to it be sure awesome. It sure looks like it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, that's great. Let's match him with someone. I don't know. Who could be a good match? We're doing Martian Manhunter. And they're like, wait, what? I said, oh, yeah. So right away, Ray, they're like, but the power of the... I said, don't care. Guardians, Martian Manhunter. I'm calling this match, Ray. You say I'm calling no. the win. Okay, I'm doing fine. it. We're, I'm getting you, the win today. You mistakenly think you're going to win most matches. And let's face it, you've won maybe 5% of overall who would win matches. Judges' decisions aside. Now, the whole deal is you're talking about power level. That's uh, That doesn't matter in this particular case. Because MODOK has very specific avenues to victory that I will clearly outline. This is a no-brainer knockdown drag-out victory for... <sighs> the mobile organism designed only for killing. Oh, you know what? I thought we were doing MODOK with a C, mobile organism designed only for computing. Different character. Different oh, character. Oh, wow. Okay, well, then I got to figure this out. Okay, let's see how our guest judge feels about all of this. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's the star of the My Three Dads podcast. It's co-host of the Father Good podcast, writer-producer extraordinaire. It's fan-favorite judge and also... One of the smartest people I know, let's just face it, it's the one and only Marshall Givens. Marshall, welcome back to Who Would Win. Oh, thank you so much, James, for that wonderful introduction. That was beautiful. <laughs> now, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to, you know, uh, jump in right away, but uh, if his name is Modok, but it's designed only for killing, shouldn't it be Modok? Would, why why not, not Mo? No, but wait, come on, come on. He can't be that smart then and just call himself Modok and just... Forget about the four. You no, can't do I, that. I have to believe that he was created by <laughs> and named by a man from the South. So it was, you know, a mobile organism designed only for killing. Oh, so only so for is a one for, word. Is yeah, it's one word. word. <laughs> one so word. It's, it's like right. Oliphant. It's like Timothy Oliphant. It's Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> but yeah. only for. Tim yeah. Timothy Olifer. You know what? <laughs> Got it. Got and it. I think I, I do believe there's a rumor of Timmy, Timothy Oliphant playing Modoc. In the uh, next live, there's no, th there's no rumor, by the way. No, no, no. This, no, but he should it. though, because he's great it. in everything. I will only call this this character Modoff. I will only, in my entire <laughs> life, call it Modoff. As long as it ends with today's victory goes to Modoff, I'm um, fine we'll with see. it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. It won't. It won't. <laughs> it, it will not. Now, Marshall, you, you do a lot of writing. You're a producer uh -huh. as well. You've got quite a few amazing podcasts. You know, tell our fans all about everything going on with Marshall these days? Well, you know, just the Father Good podcast, me and Kenny Stevenson uh, over on the HP 53 Productions Network. We're just talking to we're just dads, talking to dads about dad stuff. And I uh, actually just finished up uh, my first short film script oh, wow. uh, uh, recently. So uh, going to be, you know, working on getting that made. And uh, let's see what happens with that. Now, what is the role that you gave Ray in your uh, in your in your script? Oh, uh, he's the stain on the wall. <laughs> you know, I practiced those lines in front of the mirror for like hours. You should, because that's the thing. I, I, gave, I gave the stains like about several different soliloquies. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Marshall, you know, with, with the uh, Fatherhood podcast, you know, it's <laughs> you as a father talking with another person as a father, you know, raise a dad. I'm a dad. What is, you know, for, for people like us who enjoy geek culture, what are some, what's some sage advice that you would give dads who are trying to balance dad life, work life, and, you know, pursuing their geek culture, you know, fix for lack of a better term. 
find the points of intersection and, <laughs> and and just live in there. Live in that space. If you can get your kid to like the thing that you like, then great. Because I haven't gotten any of my kids to like any of the stuff I like. So I'm still looking for those points of intersection. But when I find them, I'm going to live right there. <laughs> You know, I started off with uh, having my kids uh, watch Game of Thrones with me. Ooh. Turns out that was not a good point of intersection. <laughs> uh, no. So we slightly shifted to My Hero Academia. It seems to be working out a lot better. Oh, no. And it turns out, it turns out, I personally am a huge fan of the Baby Shark YouTube channel. So this intersected very nicely. It, help, it works out. It works out when you can share your, your likes with your kids. <laughs> so with all that being said, we have the greatest judge possibly of all time. Marshall Gibbons. You have me, James Gaz, representing uh, Marshall Manor. Ray is here representing Modoc. You can't have a better formula for an amazing show. With all of that said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the supervillain who knows all the best ways to get ahead of his time, <laughs> Modoc. <laughs> and representing DC Comics, the Martian who is green and can fly, but is still mentioned second after Super Pickle, anyways. Martian Manhunter. Super Pickle. Is that is I, that Veggie Tales? Is that what Super Pickle that's, comes uh, the from? The famed <laughs> elementary school Super Pickle joke. What's green and can fly? Super Pickle. All right, well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of the character has to be specifically stated. Okay, Ray, you know, there's quite a few different versions of MODOK here. What version are you going with today? Today I will be regaling you with the Marvel 616 comic book version of MODOK. The other versions are out there and good, but they don't have quite the insane feats that I'm going to need to rip out Martian Manhunter's heart. <laughs> I mean, that could have gone Copy anywhere. that. Gotcha. Okay, well played. Okay, so uh, I'm also going to go with uh, Martian Manhunter from the uh, DC Comics universe. Lots of history to this character. As, as, as long as MODOK's been around... I actually believe Marsh Manager's been around even longer, so uh, we both have a big history to pull upon. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but we'd be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new merch all the time. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode of Who Would Win is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Look, we've all been there, and a good therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist can literally be life-changing, and it's never been easier to find one now with BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with one in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally accessible in many areas, but the good news is that this service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com www that's better h-e-l-p and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional better help is offering who would win listeners and fans 10 percent off their first month by going to betterhelp.com slash www again that's 10 percent off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash www And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on MODOK. MODOK is a giant-headed supervillain with massive mental powers in the Marvel Universe. He first appeared in Tales of Suspense number 93 back in 1967 and was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Advanced Idea Mechanics, or AIM, was an organization that sold cutting-edge weapons all over the world. One of their employees, George Tarleton, was volunteered to undergo mutagenic experiments in order to enhance his intelligence and study the cosmic cube that was in their possession. The result was a 12-foot-tall head with a poorly developed body attached to it. The new being MODOK, or mobile organism designed only for killing, quickly took over AIM and killed his creators. Now, MODOK is often found opposing heroes like Captain America and Iron Man, and also villains like Doctor Doom and Namor. 
all atop his doomsday chair, which he uses both for mobility as well as to enhance his already strong mental powers. Fun fact, anytime a combatant on the Who Would Win show creates another combatant from a previous episode, I think it's worth mentioning. In this case, MODOK joined other villains such as Leader, Red Ghost, and even Doctor Doom as part of a group called Intelligentsia. It's a supervillain organization. This group tried to conquer the world through capturing the smartest superheroes on the planet and turning people into hulks. One such person turned was Hulk Hater, Thunderbolt Ross, who became the Red Hulk and retained all of his smarts while in Hulk form. Red Hulk is in fact so powerful that it's believed that only Homelander from the comic book The Boys could defeat him. <laughs> and that is Modoc. Sorry, I uh, I was drinking something and I spit it all over my screen when you said possibly Homelander could beat the Red Hulk. Really, who, uh, the only hero I could think of that could beat Red Hulk is Homelander. I think we could all agree on that. I believe not only can we disagree, not only did Red Hulk actually beat Homelander in an official Who Would Win episode, but Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all also agreed Red Hulk would win that. Anyway, with that being said, well done, Ray. And here are the details for the Martian Manhunter. The Martian Manhunter, whose real name is John Jones, first appeared in Detective Comics number 225 back in November 1955 and was created by Joseph Samuelson and Joe Serta. John Jones is the Martian Manhunter, one of the last survivors of the planet Mars, who came to Earth in search of justice and peace. Roughly one million years ago, Mars was a living world populated by a race of humanoids divided by skin color. However, one day the populace received a psychic warning, which the government perceived as a threat, and recruited several of its people, including a young John Jones, to investigate. While on their mission, the government agent Malefac unveiled a double cross, killing all of the subjects except Jones, and then used their blood for a magic ritual that super-empowered the Martian Manhunter permanently against his will. Now, this is a little bit of a revisionist history because the New 52, with how they refined the history, it's kind of combined a little bit, so just take it for what it's worth. After a tragedy killed all the inhabitants of Mars, John Jones is thrown to Earth where he lost himself in an infinity of identities before finally, one million years later, he attempted to become a hero once again with the Justice League Stormwatch and with Batman's own team, The Outsiders. And here's an interesting fact about the Martian Manhunter. Did you know that he loves cookies? It's true. Much like E.T. had a love for Reese's Pieces, Martian Manhunter developed a taste for the chocolate Oreos known as Chocos in the DC Universe. His love for Oreos developed into a full-blown addiction when Booster Gold and Blue Beetle played a prank involving buying out the entire stock of the cookie from retail stores, which drove John Jones absolutely insane metaphorically of course and now you have the fact on both opponents marshall do you have any questions before we get started no i think i'm good uh, i'm i'm ready to hear what your arguments will be for this very cool very cool one last note modok looks exactly like my old gym teacher mr martin i'm not even kidding <laughs> like exactly the same he's built the exact same way he was a jerk ray oh, hit no. us with your point oh, number no. one <laughs> Point number one for MODOK. Let's just start by talking about the awesome mental powers that MODOK brings to the table because he has a whole host of mind-based abilities. This is how he's going to win this battle. This is how he does all his magic. So first off, he's the smartest being on the planet. The smartest human you can have. His brain works faster than a computer. He's actually been known to think faster than a machine can think. What does this mean? It means that he sees every battlefield. He sees once he figures out what his opponent can do, he figures it out really quick. And then he automatically goes through millions and millions of computations in his head to figure out what the best avenue to victory is. So starting at this certain point, once he realizes Martian Manhunter's big, strong, fast, could fly, do all manner of different things, 
He's going to put that through his enormous 12-foot-tall head, and he's going to be able to discern an avenue to victory very, very quickly. You know, I'm not going to say the Martian Manhunter is not a smart character. He's, of course, a smart character. But nobody's as smart as MODOK. He really should be top three, if not top one, smartest humans in the entire Marvel universe. Now, I know they like to read Richards, Dr. Doom, and non-enhanced people, something, but that's fine. It should be MODOK, because he sees all the moves. Now, he also has force fields that he can put up, and he can put up force field in front of force field in front of force field, and he's done this to the point where he's been able to take full-on attacks from Iron Man. He's been able to get hit by the Hulk, Pretty strong character, I would say. And he's been able to tank these shots and not be too worse for wear afterwards, if even feeling them at all. So you have very, very powerful force fields. Not just that. He could shoot mental blasts with the speed of thought. Captain America is not fast enough to dodge MODOK's mental blast. He says, I can see bullets whizzing through the air, but I cannot get out of the way of these mental blasts. They're too fast. In fact, Iron Man himself, built into his Iron Man suit, has certain protocols in place that allow him to dodge within microseconds of attacks coming in on him automatically, where the suit does the dodging for him. And Iron Man, with that technology, doesn't always get out of the way because they're coming so fast and so furious. And they're also coming with power. These mental blasts have put down, with one or two shots, the following characters, Iron Man, of course, The Red Hulk, aforementioned, he brought him down. Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers, let's face it, Captain Marvel is one of the strongest characters in all of Marvel, at least the MCU right now. And two shots, he was able to turn Ms. Marvel around and send her packing. Doc Sampson is a very strong character. We haven't talked about him a lot on this show, but Doc Sampson is another very powerful Marvel character. MODOK brought him down. And finally, the red version of She-Hulk as well. When you can bring Hulks down with one or two shots with your mind powers, I'd like to believe you can do the same thing to a Martian Manhunter character. And the last things I want to talk about is uh, he has the ability to mind probe and mind control other people. Now, we all know that Martian Manhunter is a very powerful psyker, and he does a lot of very cool mental stuff. I would argue that MODOK is as much, if not more so, because he has enhancements to enhance his power, that he would be able to shut down any mental attacks that Martian Manhunter would want to do and retaliate with his own, which would be too much for Martian Manhunter to deal with. Martian Manhunter's going to have good physicals. I'm sure James is about to talk about them because I would. But as far as mental power goes, it's going to be too much for the Manhunter. Modoc's in control. And that's my point number one. Tarleton? George Tarleton, yes. Like Tarleton the charlatan. If you would like to go in that direction. I would. It just seems to fit the race to Canis motif. Okay, so he's got mental powers. What happens when he falls out of his chair? Well, he's sort of really like hardwired, strapped into the chair. It's mm-hmm. not like he's just sitting in a chair that he can fall forward out of. Like sure. he puts his arms and legs like through holes in the chair. So like, a, like he, oh, okay. he is the chair. So the chair is like bar mitzvah pants where you got to put them on. They're snug. You know, you're not getting out of them. They're 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 there. I'm going to have to take your word for it on okay, this one, got James. It. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so I just did a quick check, by the way, because I, I like fact-checking. I went to a couple of different websites, you know, Marvel-based wikis and official websites, and I, I just want to type in who are the top, you know, five 
uh, smartest people within the MCU. I'm just going through it. Oh, that's interesting. Modoc's not even in the top five. Let me keep it. He's not even in the top ten. He's not even in the top fifteen. It's not to take away his intelligence. Criminally underrated, James. He should be. He is. He can think faster than machines can. I'm not sure what more these these honks at Marvel, whatever fly by night website you're going to. I don't know the, what they're even talking about. Got it. So you're saying he thinks like one tenth the speed of a Marshall Givens. Is that correct? Oh, got it. Okay. I mean, now, Marshall's very fast. That's true. All right, last one. Um, how many of the people, I actually am impressed that Modoc's one shot at some very powerful characters. How many of these people that he one shotted had mind powers of their own? Man, that's hard to say exactly. I don't know the Hulks to have very many mind powers. That's fair. Okay, this will be the last question. Is he the most powerful telepath within the Marvel Universe? It's hard to say exactly. I think you have to make an argument for Professor Xavier yes. at the end of the day. Yes. And probably Dark Phoenix, I think, probably falls under that boat as well. That's an enhanced version of another character. Sure. Uh, I would definitely say Modoc in my mind, is top three, probably number two behind Professor Xavier. Okay. All right. Interesting, interesting. All right. Modox, uh, again, criminally underrated. I actually agree with that 100%. So let's talk about this, Ray. You, you're absolutely correct. I'm going to talk about the physical powers of Martian Manhunter because those are not – I know, crazy, right? I want to just get those out of the way because they're not his most impressive powers, even though the, they are crazy power – impressive, I should say. Martian Manhunter is often described – what is it? What is it? The Swiss Army Knife of Heroes because it's actually easier to say what he can't do versus listing everything he can do. So I'm going to go through a partial list just to kind of give you an idea. So he's got Superman level strength. You know, Superman and, and Martian Manhunter actually moved the earth, right? That's how powerful he is. Uh, and another strength feat, uh, Brainiac's mothership, which was even bigger than the earth, was heading to the earth in a collision course going, I think, like 36,000 miles per hour. So I had all that other energy coming at it. And Superman and Green, uh, Martian Manhunter, I should say, uh, stopped it divert it, moved it out of the way. That's how powerful this person is. Uh, let's see. He's got super speed and can fly. This is where he could use something similar to, shoot, Ray, what we were just talking about this. What's that technique called where you hit something by accelerating to the speed of light? I'm not, I'm not familiar with this. Gotcha. That's right, Ray. He can do the infinite mass punch. He's so fast, by the way, that he flew from Mars to the Earth in seconds. That's faster than someone's going to be thinking. Just keep that in mind. He can survive in space, obviously. He doesn't need to eat, breathe, or sleep. He's super durable like Superman. Again, he's got Superman-class powers. Obviously, he can fly and move at super speed. He's got a Deadpool-level healing factor where he's regenerated from being just a hand. Uh, he regenerated from being just a puddle on the ground. He's a shapeshifter and a master shapeshifter. He can shapeshift into anything, anyone. And using his telepathy, he can understand the personalities, mimic how they sound immediately. It's kind of crazy. He can go from the size of a mouse to like a godzilla Size uh, kaiju, and what he does with the shapeshifting is he gives himself extra arms or other combat, you know, ready appendages that helps him with the fight. It's just crazy what he does. Let's see, he can go invisible. He's got super hearing. He's got super endurance, endurance where he can fight at full capacity for days, possibly weeks on end. He's got immunity to all toxins and poisons, just like Vision from the Marvel Universe. Martian Manhunter can make himself intangible and can phase through objects or phase his hand into them and rip something out or disrupt their society places where the scientific term is by the way phasing through force fields powerful force fields not a problem for martian manager but there's more he's got super breath where he can blow hurricane level blasts of air make his breath super cold he can shoot heat vision x-ray vision microscopic telescopic all that kind of stuff by the way heat vision can be shot from any part of his body it doesn't have to come out just from his eyes and if that was enough Turns out he's got nine senses, which gives him kind of a precog ability. So you can kind of almost sense what's about to happen to him if he's not seeing it immediately. Look, 
He's got a lot of powers, is what I'm trying to say. He's lived anywhere from thousands of years to a million years, depending on who's telling the story. And he's put a lot of time during all these years to perfect all of his powers. That is my point number one. No, look, Martian Manhunter has a lot of powers and he's very strong and he's very durable. Like that is that is baseline Martian Manhunter. That's what you need to walk in coming in the door. One of the things about MODOK, though, is all that physical power isn't going to matter at the end of the day because MODOK is going to attack him psionically. MODOK is going to attack him mentally. So you can go intangible as much as you want to. Your mind, your spirit is still going to be there and it's still going to be a wide open target to a type of mental attack that I'm referring to. And not just that. Martian Manhunter has a very specific weakness. I was going to hold back to talk about it until later, but I feel like you're hitting pretty hard in point one. I want to knock that down a little bit. Martian Manhunter is terrified of, wait for it, fire. Fire. One of the most common things that you can find on a battlefield. If Martian Manhunter gets around fire, he shuts down. He's unable to proceed. If he was to fight a character like Human Torch, he would run away. The reason I bring this up is when you're shooting very, very hot blasts of energy, as MODOK is, you tend to create this thing called fire around you. And if MODOK can create fire around him and he can see Martian Manhunter even for a second have an averse reaction to it, that brain's going to find every single possible avenue and he's going to be creating fire everywhere and he's going to route Martian Manhunter or he's going to weaken him mentally and beat him down with one of these mental attacks. So there's a counter to that and he's got a very good solution to the whole, I'm going to explain the whole supposed like fire is kryptonite for Martian Manhunter and how, by the way, that's no longer even a thing. But before we do that, Marshall, you've heard points one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at right now? This is good. This is good because the the strength of the mental of MODOK versus the strength of the physical of Martian Manhunter. So like right now, it's still kind of a toss up, even with the fire uh, uh, aspect uh, of it. Like, and, and I'm interested to see what that uh, or to hear what that counter to that is. But as of right now, it feels pretty even, you know, strength on strength right now. Yeah, someone can think fast versus someone who can, you know, you know move the earth. Okay, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, James, please. You've used this example before. He helped Superman move the earth, sort of like the same way if you combine Pete Rose Sr. and Pete Rose Jr.'s hits together, it's the most of any two father-sons of all time. But you also have to remember, Pete Rose Sr. had over 4,000 hits, and Pete Rose Jr. had like 200. That's the way that Martian Manhunter was helping <laughs> Superman move the earth. I was watching old-school commercials on YouTube, and who is there's there is something about like some chicken breading commercial right where the mom's making the chicken she puts a chicken in a bag and mix it with breadcrumbs and she says hey look we made shake chicken and shake and shake, shake and bake there it was and there's this little kid beside the mom and the mom clearly did all the work and mm-hmm. what you're saying that superman was mom and that little kid was Marsha manager who looked at the camera and said and i helped and That's Martian you're Manhunter. That's who you're saying Martian Manhunter is. Yeah. Got I know it. there were three characters involved Superman and what was it? Wonder Woman and Martian Manhunter, right? Yep. That, and, no, actually, that's a different one where he oh, also okay. helped with a yeah. shake and bake of moving the You're not the helping Superman move anything. Let me just put it out there. <laughs> he, just, he just happened to be in space and Superman's like, hey, I got to move the Earth. I need some company. You're not doing anything right now, right? You want to just come and kind of hang out while I move the. <laughs> not what happened, Ray. Okay. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for MODOK. Let's talk about the tech because he's not just a super intelligent 
super wildly successful being. He has tech upgrades, much like the Guardians did last week, James. First off, he sits in the aforementioned Doomsday Chair. Now, the Doomsday Chair is a mobility device, first and foremost, because he's so big and unwieldy, he can't really move around very well without mechanical assistance. But he has this specially designed floating throne that he operates through telekinesis that allows him to move around and be a a mobile creature, right? Because he's also the mobile organism designed only for killing. There's the M the M can mean several things depending on who's writing it. That's another thing I found out here. But the Doomsday Chair in itself is a living weapon basically because it can tank miss it tanks missiles, it can tank explosions, it can tank the Hulk. The Hulk can hit the chair without a force field up and he can be just fine afterwards. That Doomsday Chair allow, offers him a lot of durability, but it can also shoot out lasers, it can shoot out missiles, it can shoot out whatever it wants to. And it also like helps enhance his, with his headband helps enhance his already very formidable psychic powers. In fact, the way that Modok works is his brain can attack people independently of his own thought. His brain is so smart it can think without him involved, which means that he's often launched counterattacks on people coming after him that he wasn't even doing, but it just happened on instinct because his brain used his telekinesis powers to sort of operate the chair to shoot missiles when he wasn't even thinking about it. This is how reactively brilliant Modok is. And the telekinesis is going to help too. Let's face it. If you can whip people around the room with the powers of your mind, you're doing pretty good. Not just that. He can use scanners. He does have scanning technology. So one, he can detect people who are invisible. Sorry, James. That little invisible trick with Martian Manhunter is not going to work here because he's going to be able to scan him. And part of scanning him, he's going to see that he's not human. He's going to see maybe some of the weaknesses. He's going to see some of the strengths. Maybe get some good vibes. I don't know how Modok's scanner operates operates because I'm not Modok. But the other aspect of Modok is his ability to create robotics because he is a brilliant scientist really on top of being a strong mental organism designed only for killing. And he created what's called the Modok machine. And this is a giant Godzilla sized adamantium monster that he puts his own head on to the point where since he's such a large head, it looks like a normal sized head inside the Modoc machine. And this machine, like I said before, is made of adamantium. It is made of the most powerful substance in the Marvel universe. And he uses this machine to fight like it's a giant boss battle is basically what it is. One of the famed comic book covers shows him actually stepping on the Hulk and the Hulk looking mighty scared because he doesn't think he can get out of this situation. Modoc is just too much for the Hulk. And we can all agree Hulk is a pretty impressive character. So when you have this big brain guy able to do all kinds of stuff with his mind, shoot mental blasts, and also the robot, the Modoc machine can also shoot blasts from its fingers as well, energy blasts if it wants to. It can do all of these things. And then you put him in a kaiju-sized Mechagodzilla robot monster that just enhances his powers even further. This is too much for the Martian Manhunter to deal with. And that's my point number two. Okay, so I, I love the uh, Modoc machine, especially so it was made out of adamantium, or so you would think. Because when he started using it, and I remember there was a battle. It may not be the same battle you're referencing, but it was a battle with the Hulk. And the Hulk did what the Hulk does and started tearing it apart and destroying it. And he did it to such a degree 
that it actually killed the confidence and really shook Modoc. Modoc was saying, I can't believe what's happening. How is, but I thought I, you know, I'm smart and, and totally, sh and all of a sudden, you know, malfunction, he's on his side on the ground rolling like I can't get back up because his mind was just in such a state of disbelief. So I think his confidence is an issue whenever something doesn't go according to plan. Let's see what else. So the doomsday chair is what it's called. It's powerful on its own. Let's see. Okay, so instead of talking about that, and before I get to my point number two, let me kind of give this whole rebuttal about why fire is no longer an issue for John Jones. So turns out you go back into the history of the Martians, the Green Martians on Mars, the guardians of the universe, the people who create the, the lantern rings, the Green Lantern rings, saw the Martians as a possible threat. So they said, okay, what can we do to make sure that they don't get too powerful? And because we're really afraid they're going to be the space-faring, conquering race, kind of like you know a more powerful version of the Viltrumites from Invincible. So they planted a deep-rooted fear of fire and say so whenever you see fire like that's going to shut you down mentally so what happens is martian manhunter actually figured out how to unblock his mind with that and remove that mental block to, to the point where now he's he can fly to the sun and he's actually quoted from by superman saying you are the closest person ever to be to the sun pretty sure the sun is slightly hotter than fire so all of a sudden the fire thing is no longer an issue for martian manhunter okay that is absolutely that is one that is one particular nonsense storyline written in a very recent martian manhunter he had a whole inner monologue saying i know how invulnerable i am i know the fire can't hurt me but i'm still not able to fight with it around me he had an entire shakespearean monologue about why does this bother me so much but it does and there's nothing I can do about it. Also, the sun is not exactly fire. It is a different thing. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. The sun is a different thing than fire. Um, Thank you. It's slightly not I'll as hot. I'll take my victory here. It's slightly, Thank you, it's slightly and not as hot. It's slightly not as hot. Um, doesn't matter. It's psychosomatic. You're right. It's not physical. It's psychosomatic. And that's, you can't just decide you're not, you're not afraid of a thing anymore when you have childhood trauma. That's just how reality works. Got it, got it. So he flew to the sun. He's with the sun. The sun's got its flares, solar flares and everything. Not a problem. Now, whose son oh, was no. it? It was my own son. He was being bad. And I said, you know what? Come on, Martian Rex, Manhunter. get it together. Exactly. So fire's no longer an issue for Martian Manhunter. He got rid of the mental block, Nonsense. all that kind of good stuff. Okay, Nonsense. here's my point number two. Let's talk about, you know, the real power here that he's got. And he's got some other abilities, too. So Martian Manhunter is what you get when you combine Superman with Professor X and with Batman. Look, any of those three characters, that's an insane battle. Put them all together. It's crazy time. So his physical powers, super impressive, obviously. He can do everything Superman can do. Ray, you mentioned a giant robot. Yeah, Marshall Manor can turn himself into a giant kaiju-sized monster and destroy whatever he wants, bigger than skyscrapers, the whole thing. Plus, he's super powerful, all that kind of good stuff. So it's his mental or what they call psionic powers that are really, really going to separate Marsh Manor from this. So he is the most powerful telepath on the planet in the DC universe. He's also one of the strongest telepathic beings in the universe. So it's not just planetary. He's already the top on planet Earth. He's also one of the most powerful throughout the universe. He's able to read minds over great distances. He can scan the mind of every person on Earth within seconds, gather information. He can telepathically communicate with someone on Earth while on the moon. He's even read minds of people across the galaxy. Have no idea how that works, but that's just a thing. He can reprogram people's minds of a subject and believe in whatever he wants them to do. And he's done that to Superman. He can actually program Superman's mind, change his reality, super, super 
super easy for him to do. He can take over someone's mind. He obviously create illusions. Uh, he loves, uh, or he shouldn't say he loves, he's got uh, an ability to do psychic assaults on someone's mind. He shoots something called memory missiles, where, and this kind of reveals the Batman kind of thing. He's like, what can I do to really hurt this person mentally? I'm going to look, scan their mind, and I'm going to find memories that are really like powerful memories because they think about them all the time. And every time they think about that, or even a little bit, it's like they're going to get hit with a missile into their brain. Right, every time. So even after the fight, he's got remnants of that battle that's going to stay with him. He's so powerful that he can also cure insanity. He actually cured the Joker of his insanity for a while. It was kind of crazy. He's also got telekinesis where he can move objects with his mind. By the way, these objects that he moves with his mind, you know, that's when he helps him move like the planet Earth and what have you. Slightly stronger telekinesis than Modoc, although that's impressive. He can lift himself up in the Bar Mitzvah Pan style chair. He's got something with his telekinesis. He calls it molecular hypnosis. And he says he's convincing stuff to move. That's what how his mind works. Here's a fun one. He's got the power of matter absorption. So he can use this sometimes to grow really big. He'll just absorb matter, whatever it is. He can use living matter as well. He can also use this offensively and just, you know, absorb someone in a fight if he needs to and take him out completely. He also had this object called the Karoo Pendant. And just like Aang, the Avatar from the Airbender series, he uh, has all the experience from all the previous Avatars he can sometimes tap into. This pendant gives uh, John Jones all of the experience and knowledge of all the previous people who've actually had that Karoo Pendant all the way back for millions of years. This is someone who can draw a lot of experience instantly from this uh he's got an iq of over 200 he is one of the top five geniuses of brilliant minds of the planet earth he's a master detective he's an excellent fighter by the way trained by wonder woman and batman and just because i think this is so cool the martian manhunter is also a master for everyone's favorite martial arts weapon that's right the trident because why not does modok have a defense against a trident don't think so. And just like the Mighty Trident, he also doesn't have a defense against pretty much anything else the Martian Manhunter can do. That's my point number two. You know, James, I think you're tridenting too hard to put forth a bad argument. So what I would say right now is, first off, I want to get back to the fire because I did a little research and re-looking stuff up because you were so convincing. But in that storyline you're talking about where they tried to remove Martian Manhunter's weakness to fire, he ended up going sort of Dark Phoenix on the entire world because that was the only thing keeping him in check. And by the end of that, even that story, the weakness to fire had been returned. So you need to slow down with the he's not weakness to fire. In fact, he showed as late as 2020 was very recent. That's very recently, James, a few months ago. Martian Manhunter expressed a weakness to fire. So, Marshall, I want to make sure that you're not believing this malarkey that James is trying to one-shot story on you. He's afraid of fire. And I'm not just saying that because it's vitally important to my argument. I'm also saying it because it's vitally important to my argument. Now, oh, I'm sorry. Martian Manhunter can't deal with a trident. Any force field worth its salt can deal with a gosh darn trident, James Gavsey. Shame on you. These arguments are weak. That character is soft. Back out the way, because here comes the Hoff, David Hasselhoff. I don't know where I was going with that. I just needed a rhyme. Got it. That's my rebuttal. Got it. So you're referring to what that character, that Marsh Manor turns out, he's called Furnace, oddly enough, with a U. And, and this is this entity, kind of like a Dark Phoenix entity, who then you know kind of came over, take over, took over Martian Manhunter, and was a flaming being, super powerful being made up of like fire, flame, and heat. That's who Martian Manhunter was. The fire is not an option. It's not an issue anymore. Of course, if you had something that was paralyzing with fear for a while, you're still going to remember it. But again, flying to the sun. When he flies is, in the earth, super hot. Heat's not going to be James, a deal. 
simply not true. The heat, the heat doesn't bother him. It's the psychosomatic. That's the thing. It's a mental weakness. And a character who has a mental weakness to fire might just have a mental weakness to, I don't know, something else. So, uh, Marshall, you've heard yeah. two points from Ray. You've heard mm-hmm. two points from me. We're now mm-hmm. at the turning point. This is where you have to tell us who is ahead in this oh, battle no. and oh, what no. does the other side have to do to pull out oh, a victory? No. Oh, well, yeah. I, as of right now, I, like it, it is still very close. There's going to be, uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say it. There's a slight advantage towards Martian Manhunter. Oh, come uh, on. Uh, Go on. Slight, slight. Uh, uh, the list of powers is quite impressive. Not to say that Modoc's uh, list is not, but right as right as of right now, there's just a sim- like just the slightest of edges toward Martian Manhunter. But I do feel like uh, if Modoc can uh, uh, present me with some some things that can counter the durability factor of Martian Manhunter, maybe you know Modoc can pull that out. So I don't know. Ooh, here we are again, still very close, slight edge to Martian Manhunter, hmm. but you know. Surprised. Ray, you, you've done a quite an impressive job this season with pulling out some really good stuff for your point number three. Let's see what you got for your master KO shot. Point number three for Modoc. Let's just call this bring it home because there are many different ways Modoc can absolutely win this battle against Martian Manhunter. And I honestly, if his mental blast can bring down Carol Danvers in two shots and send her running, she is known as a pretty invulnerable character as well. I just have to believe the durability might not be what it needs to be in order to deal with it. But that's not the way I really see MODOK winning the battle anyway. Several different things here. First off, MODOK has shown the ability to teleport other people using the powers of his mind. So what's stopping MODOK from just playing teleporting Martian Manhunter off the battlefield if he proves to be too much and removing him from the battle and winning by battlefield removal? Martian Manhunter's not coming back because there's going to be fire there and he's not going to be able to come back to the fire, James Gavsey, no matter what malarkey you try throwing in the middle of the battlefield. Now, one of the things about MODOK, you know, you talked about how that thing with the Hulk and it did end badly. Hulk found some weak spots in the armor and did some things to it in the, the giant MODOK. Modoc machine. But Modoc is a character with a lot of swagger. He's not exactly known for not projecting himself as coming from a place of strength and power. In fact, one time he reached out to Dr. Doom. <laughs> Dr. Doom, very impressive character. He reached out, I believe, mentally to Dr. Doom to basically tell him, I could kick your butt if I want to. In so many words, he called out Dr. Doom. <laughs> Which just shows if you're actually going to the point where you're ringing up Dr. Doom to talk smack to him, you're not afraid of anybody. So nothing Martian Manhunter is going to do is going to shake MODOK despite what James claims. It's really not going to push him. Again, if you call Dr. Doom on the phone and throw a yo mama at him, I think you're ready to deal with the Martian Manhunter. Now, a few different big things here and how MODOK's going to win this battle. One. He has the powers over machinery, and he can reprogram machinery without touching it. He can use his minds to do it, which means that when you're attacking MODOK, you're also eventually, if you're strong enough, going to be attacking all of the defenses, all the security, all the vehicles. Every single mechanical device around you is also going to be fighting on the side of MODOK. So Martian Manhunter is not just dealing with MODOK. He's dealing with armored protection up to the nines because Modoc can mentally reprogram everything to work for him. Sort of like that main character in the guardians, Augustus Kiratov. He has those same type of powers. 
Additionally, as I said before, he can produce a lot of heat with the mental blast, which means he can create fire. If he gets teleported off the battlefield and there's fire on the battlefield, he's not necessarily going to be able to force himself to try to even come back again. But the big way that MODOK wins this battle is because in the Marvel Universe, and I don't know if you've seen it before, Professor Xavier does it all the time. They have what's called like psychic battles, or they have battles between very powerful mental characters. So let's take all of Martian Manhunter's very powerful physical attributes off the table. Because what's going to happen is MODOK, after a little bit of sparring back and forth, and I don't think either one's really going to get over each other on the early game. Modok's going to zone in on him and take him in a psychic battle, which generally takes to to a plane of abyss, kind of the big like white room where Harry Potter, you know, where he died, where the station is. You have this big kind of open area where there's nothing. And you have a mental battle between the two of them. And between that, I'm not going to say Martian Manhunter doesn't have some skills, but he doesn't have the mental enhanced psychic abilities that Modok has. And on top of it, MODOK can just think too fast and work through his brain too hard, which means he can start turning the battlefield into, I don't know, a blazing inferno and completely mentally break the Martian Manhunter. Amazo has been able to psychically defeat Martian Manhunter before using a psychic attack. So I have to believe MODOK, who has some more power set but more enhanced, could take him off the field of battle mentally take him to this abyss land and defeat him in a psychic battle, which we see all the time in Marvel comics. Martian Manhunter is done. And that's my point. Number three. So a couple of things. First of all, how dare you bring up the guardians? Just, I just wanted to say that. Um, Much like Martian Manhunter is weak to fire, you, James Gavsey, are weak to Guardians references. And you know they can't hurt you, but you have a mental block, which throws you off your game if it's around. No, here's the thing. Not only do, do I know they, they can't hurt me, because other than Khan, they're horrible fighters. The other thing I'm is when, when, the, when Guardians are mentioned, I actually get empowered. I could flip a car right now. I could run through a wall. Like that's that's how like that it, it fuels me with, with anger. With that being said, are you saying that Modok could beat Martian Manhunter because he's got swagger? I think that it, I think Martian Manhunter projects strength, and I think a lot of characters would be unnerved by that strength. And I don't think Modok is one of them. I think he he also projects strength to the point where anything weird Martian Manhunter starts doing isn't going to throw him. Got it. So he was, he, you know, it's funny. There's a fine line between swagger and being really, really uh, foolish, or as my friends would used to say, stupid, dumb. When you challenge Dr. Doom, right, and say, I want to take you on, and Dr. Doom's like, really? That is not swagger. That is um, horrible misplaced confidence. Very foolish. All right, let's see. He can reprogram machinery. Yeah, I could see that. Astral plane, that's actually a great uh, place for Martian Manhunter where he's much more powerful. The difference between MODOK and Martian Manhunter is that MODOK is someone well, who will break apart if all of a sudden there's a, uh, you know, the Hulk destroys his robotic armor or, or body, whereas Martian Manhunter will fight through his fears. You know, he'll deal with that. He had to deal with his fear of fire and he can deal with it. Whether it affects him or not, if it does, whatever, he'll actually kind of push through because that's the type of hero he is. Remember, he's one of the most noble heroes within the DC universe. Okay, with all that being said, let me get to my point number three. Let's just call this big feats and big wins, big things he can do. So uh, let's see. Let's talk about big wins. He has actually physically taken out very powerful opponents. 
He's knocked out Shazam, took out a character named Monel, who is just as powerful as Superman with one punch. He took out a character named Super Doom, which was Superman infected with a virus that turned him into a combination of Superman and Doomsday. And uh, Martian Manhunter took it out with one punch. One punch raid is kind of like the one punch man for DC Universe. Just like the Hulk, he can create thunderclaps that can send like torrential winds towards someone. Uh, he defended a powerful energy blast that was super, super hot, super powerful, super volatile. He, he defended it by eating it. Literally, he just opened his mouth and ate it and was thinking, okay, cool, what do I have to do next? Didn't phase him at all. I don't think heat from laser blast or whatever is going to do anything because he eats that. He actually, in another encounter, beat Amazo. And what he did is he just phased his hand into Amazo's head and ripped out his brain. Could do the same thing to, um, you know, phase through everything and just do that to Modok as well. Again, I already mentioned that he and Superman flew so close to the sun that nothing happened. He was fine. And Superman remarked, wow, you're the closest being ever to the sun and surviving it. You're fine. This is crazy. Uh, in terms of telepathy, he was able to probe and read a character's mind by the name of Brainiac. And Brainiac is that super advanced tech-based alien with, you know, the computer mind that is a huge villain to Superman. He uses telepathy to shield himself and Superman from Brainiac. Speaking of Superman, I already mentioned this. He actually reprogrammed Superman's mind, made him see, not be able to see, like, different attacks on the Earth. Why? Because he wanted to give Superman the day off, and the Justice League handled all that kind of stuff. He made the Justice League think they were fighting him in this big battle, but the battle took place in all of their minds. In the reality, he just, you know, he telepathically created, and the fight took place nowhere else. He beat a Thanos-level character in the DC Universe named Desper Despero, uh, and this is a character who uses a lot of mental attacks as well. He made Despero, I'm just reading this properly, scream from a telepathic attack where he actually reversed the synapses in his mind. That is a galactic-level being. That's what he did to them, made him scream, reverse his synaptics. Now, there's one feat that actually tops all this. Ray, we've discussed this before. What is the most powerful ability a character can have? I would say the ability to shapeshift yourself into a squirrel. Which is something Martian Manhunter can do. On a side note, he can also shapeshift himself into different, you know, clones of himself who are all autonomous and can operate on their own. So even gets teleported somewhere, he's still there with other parts of his body. Okay, here's the deal. The real ultimate power here is Toon Force. I'm going to go there. The Martian Manhunter has a win over a character that uses Toon Force. Check this out. In a mega crossover event, the Martian Manhunter uses telepathy to scan the galaxy to see if there are any of the Martians still alive. And to his surprise, there was one. It was Marvin the Martian from Looney Tunes. Terrible. So, yeah, I'm telling you, this is crazy. So once they meet, they quickly see that they have different, slightly different opinions on what should happen to the planet Earth. You know, John Jones wants to save it. Martian Manhunter wants to blow it up. So, of course, they battle it out. And, you know, as powerful as Martian Manhunter was, he had to contest with the Toon Force of Marvin the Martian. So finally, Martian Manhunter used his mind powers to overcome Marvin's Toon Force by planting the image in false reality in his head that he had actually successfully destroyed the Earth. That And Marvin was always like, okay, cool. And then Martian Manhunter defeated him from there. That means that the Martian Manhunter overcame someone with Looney Tunes-level Toon Force, quite possibly some of the strongest Toon Force, Toon Force ever to exist, quite frankly. Look, take the greatest feats of MODOK. Add them all up. They pale in comparison to what Martian Manhunter, otherwise known as Superman plus Professor Xavier plus Batman, rolled up into one, can do. That's my point number three. Now, I was not aware of this particular Marvin the Martian crossover. First off, obviously, <laughs> esteemed Judge Marshall Givens, crossovers are given less weight. It's right there in the rules. But also, as far as Toon Force goes, Marvin the Martian is the one who usually gets dominated by Toon Force. We don't really see him pull off a lot of Toon Force maneuvers. He's more of the buffoon who gets destroyed by Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Porky Pig repeatedly. So, as far as Toon Force goes, he's on the very lower echelon. I'll just say that. Now, 
Uh, you know, you talked about Martian Manhunter's ability to overcome the machine of Brainiac, and I think that is an impressive feat. Although we all know alien computers don't work quite as well as American or, in fact, Earth computers. We learned that in the documentary Independence Day when Jeff Goldblum used an Apple laptop in order to destroy all of the aliens yep. from another uh, system that were coming to destroy the Earth. So I would push back greatly on the abilities of alien computers. And you named a bunch of characters that Martian Manhunter beat and talked about how powerful they were. And they, a lot of them are these people I've never heard of. These are all one-off characters. Basically, we have a word for this. They're called jobbers. They're called tomato cans. That's when you say, oh, he beat Thor's clone, who's just as powerful as Thor, we promise, but he beat Thor's clone. It's a trick you've used many times before, but unless it's a character, unless you're beating actual Superman or actual Doomsday, those are two impressive feats. Beating a one-off hybrid Super Doom, which is like his, his kid brother. No, that doesn't impress anybody because nobody cares about that character. He was created to lose badly to Martian Manhunter, to put over the Martian Manhunter. So I, I don't put a lot of stock in that as well. Look, the last thing I'm going to say on this is I talked about multiple ways that MODOK can get under the skin of Martian Manhunter, in fact, get under the skin to the point of attacking him mentally. I believe this psionic duel is the way that he's going to pull it off. And I feel like I put enough out there to show the world the day is here for MODOK, all praise, the mechanical organism designed only for killing. Yes, he's also known as that. It's like he's got a lot of names, but for the same. Okay, so here's the deal. So... Yeah, Super Martian Manhunter beat Shazam. That's not a jobber. He beat Superman while he was possessed by the Doomsday infection. All right, uh, he took that out, took that character out. He's beaten Monel, which is a kind of long term character from Legion of Superheroes from the '60s. But most importantly, for Independence Day, was it the networking? Because the last thing they heard was what Jabba the Hutt laughing, right? If I'm not mistaken, before the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So wasn't that really a Star Wars influenced attack? Star Wars having advanced computer tech yet again. Sure. But yet again. where does Star Wars come from, James? Hollywood, California. <laughs> and who? what's more alien to the world than Hollywood, California? There I'll never know. That's there right. I, that's It's sad, really. All right, Marshall Gibbons. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. It's now mm-hmm. time for you to provide us with the magic. Give us the winner. Take us through your process and tell us who wins this battle between MODOK and Martian Manhunter. Well, uh, I will say uh, good job to both of you for your arguments. Very well put. I'll start with with MODOK. MODOK and the super fast computer brain enhanced abilities, battlefield uh, uh, scanning uh, and all of that. Very impressive. It does make me think. Oh my god! Okay, if he can, if Modok has that ability to 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 work that fast, probably going to find a way to get the upper hand on Martian Manhunter. Uh, Martian Manhunter's durability, though, I don't know. Like that, that for me, that that's pretty. That's pretty significant. That he is going to be able to take or tank or regenerate from a lot of these battlefield injuries. But then you bring up Modoc's the mental uh, state and bringing Martian Manhunter into a, a battle fight, a psionic fight. And I believe you said uh, like a scenario where they're in a, 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 a psionic battlefield limbo abyss and then he makes it, uh, makes John Jones, uh, Martian Manhunter feel, think that there's fire everywhere, right? That is not a bad, a bad way to go about it. 
I was given a little bit of pause on that one only because if they both are aware that they are in a mental battlefield, then the fire probably wouldn't have as much effect on Martian Manhunter considering he knows that it's not actually real fire. Even if it is a mental battle, he already knows he's in a mental battle. So any fire showing up is kind of like a moot point. Like, yeah, but I'm already in the mind. So this doesn't really work the same way. It'd be different as if he thought he was in the battlefield, but he was in the mind. Then I could see that, you know, working. But Marshall, th- when I have what? a clown in what? my dreams, I'm still afraid of the clown. So, so in that regard, I like it takes away a little bit of that argument there. But I think for me, the the ultimate reason I think that this battle, the way that this battle would go down, is that while Modok is attacking, trying to attack Martian Manhunter mentally. I think, based on the evidence, that Martian Manhunter is going to be able to withstand those attacks and, and I feel like this is a key power, the phasing ability is, I think, what will ultimately be the reason why Martian Manhunter would beat MODOK. All said and done... I feel like Martian Manhunter wins, so I got to give this one to James. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I called it at the beginning of this match. I'm slightly excited, is what I'm trying to say. Marshall Givens. I'm sorry, Ray. You are a natural treasure. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We always love having you on the show. Race to Canis. How dare you? You brought up the Guardians like a hundred times, knowing full well (laughs) that would affect me. All it did was make me that much more motivated to win. How are you feeling right now? I feel like a grave injustice has just happened to this world. Look, this is the age of MODOK, and MODOK is about to take over the Marvel Universe, where I swear in this particular phase, it would not surprise me to see MODOK brought into the MCU, and Martian Manhunter, where's he? Nobody knows where Martian Manhunter is. Now, an interesting thing, and this is just a little bit of trivia that I learned in doing the research I did want to share. Of course, Marshall, shame on you. But what I would say here is, Back in the, what is it, the 1960s, Batman and Superman were DC Comics' most popular characters, and they had they were worried about overexposure. So they made a point to not use them as much as possible. They kept them out of storylines. So the writers, of course, wanted to write for Superman all over the place. And so one of the things that DC Comics did is all these different Superman stories that were out there, they just replaced Superman with Martian Manhunter. So Martian Manhunter never really had a series of his own, but he kept showing up in everybody else's series because they didn't want to overexpose Superman. So they they put Martian Manhunter on Superman's level. And if at the end of the day, MODOK is going to lose to a Superman-level character, I have to, at some point, find peace with that, even if ultimately I disagree. I've never heard you say you've got to find peace with this or anything, really. (laughs) This is very grown-up of you, right? Look, just because I need to find peace with it doesn't mean it's going to happen. You know, I think the key takeaway here is that Ray is afraid of clowns. And I will be using that from now on. That is now, you you shouldn't give me these tidbits of information. Just as you know, the Guardians is like a a hot button for me. I'll be using the clown aspect quite a bit in the future race to Canis. Who likes clowns? What are we talking about right now? (laughs) Where's the pro-clown movement I'm not aware of? (laughs) 
You know what? I will give you that. I will give you that there's only two types of people. The people that are hate and are afraid of clowns and people who are just uh, indifferent to them. That's I right. will be the indifferent person. I don't really care either way. I mean, Marshall, you're just dropping knowledge and life lessons all over the place here. This is this is, this is is invaluable stuff. All right, Marshall, you, you were fantastic yet again. There's a, a oh, you. desperate you know, there's a desperate need to have you on the show more often. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, and it's not just because I've only lost once when you've been on the show. It's just because you're you're a delight. Oh, sure. I appreciate that, James. Thank you so much. Oh, Ray's putting together a little bit of a winning streak, starting to get back over up on James again. Better bring Marshall Givens back on the show. I know how you work. The Ray Cooler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I had anything to do with stacking the fight in one favor and bringing mm. on a judge who's historically given me victories, Ray. Not saying that at all. How hey, dare you, just, sir? Clowns. I can't, I can't be helped if I can be convinced by solid and cogent arguments. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're going to have to work on that, Marshall, going forward. Cogent <laughs> Yell, arguments. I don't even know what cogent means. <laughs> He's using, and, and I'm highly educated. I don't even know what uh, cogent was, means. James, he was a detective back in the 1970s. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Marshall, uh, again, please come back on the show. You're fantastic. Thank you for being awesome and being an amazing judge. Please tell everyone where they can find you, listen to you, and enjoy all things Marshall Givens. Oh, check me out on the Twitters and the IGs. That is Instagram for you older folks. At Mr. Happy Givens. You check me out there. You can see what uh, what I'm doing and all my pods and stuff. You know. Uh, also, check out HP53 Productions uh, for good pods. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Race to Canis. I thought I was going to wipe the floor with you. I got the win. You made it very close. My hat is off to you, sir. It, th this should be a good moral victory. I really think Marshall Manhunter was in a different class, but you made it very competitive, man. Well done. How do you feel right now? And tell us what's on your mind. James, I don't take moral victories, first <laughs> off. I only claim real victories. Now, look, I know Marshall Manhunter is pure beef. Let's just keep it quite frank. But I did believe that Modoc had clear avenues to victory. And I believe that the people at home were vibing with what I was saying. And the people at home see the clear victories, plural, for Modoc in this particular battle. Mm. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hashtag Modoc deserved better. Hashtag I got You can find notes. me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. <laughs> Hashtag, if you could see, audience, I got notes, so it, it's not arbitrary. Wow, wow. <laughs> I believe you did a good job in telling everyone, like, like MODOK is like the B. Arthur of the Golden Girls for the Marvel <laughs> I totally get that's, that. Yeah, that's and that's much higher strong. than where I had him before. That's that's no slouch for power. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, where else you go for your podcasts and video content. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey! 
Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.